Um, so as you guys heard, we have just wrapped up GT 2022. And just the fact that it happened is an incredible testimony. And I'm just going to open up with that. There could be some pictures like going in the background of everything that we did. Um, so just be wary that you can watch that. I won't be offended if you're not looking at me. I'll actually be a little bit relieved. So, <laughs> um, but this camp this year, our theme was here and now. And just to fully explain to you guys, like this isn't just for our kids. This theme was just, meant just as much to us leaders as it did to them. So we, me and Brittany were like praying like tremendously about what we wanted to teach this year and what we wanted the kids to get out of this camp. And every Wednesday we've been talking about the influences that they have and that God can use us wherever we are, whoever we are, and whatever we are doing. And we were speaking about that every single Wednesday, and me and Brittany were like, we can really, really go into depth about this at GT. The only problem was, it was just me and Brittany that far, <laughs> so far. And we prayed about it back in February, and we're like, we both feel like we need to do this. But God, you know the number of people that we have right now. We need guide counselors, we need food, we need this, we need that, we need this. But we, I wanted to iterate to the kids, which I'll be using this here in a second, that when God tells us to do something, it doesn't mean he wants us to do it once we have our whole checklist checked off. It means he wants us to walk in faith so that our faith grows through him working through us, even when we think we are unworthy of doing it. He doesn't give us something that we are not able to handle. And this whole camp is just a testimony of that. So again, back in March, me and Brittany were like, okay, here and now, here and now, we know this, we're going to do this. And then the next month happened, it was April, still me and Brittany. Okay, here and now, here and now, still going to do this. May, still me and Brittany. <laughs> like, okay, God, are you sure we're going to do this? And the kids have just been so gracious. They're like, so where's our guy leaders? We're like, we will let you know when we do. <laughs> we, are, we do not know. We exhausted all of our resources, and we were just like, you know what? We're still going to press on the camp. We're just going to make this happen. And so... Uh, one Wednesday, Isaac Devlin just reached out, just out of the blue. His sisters, um, Avery and Sophie, they're not here today. They're at a party. Their uh, great-grandma turned 100 yesterday, so they're there celebrating her. So okay. um, and so they told him about camp and everything, and he was like, hey, I want to come to youth. And we're like, okay. And the kids just immediately, like, he just melded right in. He just jumped right in the games. He jumped right in the mess. He introduced himself. He was very, like, he was always team positive in our new sand volleyball court. <laughs> just a very super encouraging and everything. We're like, okay, this is awesome. This is looking way more doable. And then, of course, all of our amazing volunteers, Miss Loretta, Grandma, my parents, um, Mr. Johnny, Miss Heather, Miss Aaron Devlin, like, so many people here all just had the heart to serve, and that's all God needed. That's what we. That's what I really want the kids to understand. All God needs is a willing heart. He doesn't look at the outside. He doesn't look at the current circumstances. He just wants us to move and walk with him. And when we move and walk with him, when we feel we are unworthy, that is where faith grows. It gets, it's incredible. On our own, we could not do this. And this camp isn't about us. It's about him. That's all. We just wanted to share the love of God. And that's what we were able to do, not only through willing vessels, but through the power of God. 
And so after that, Isaac goes, hey, I have another guy who wants to help. We're like, what? Like Lou Gringer, and we haven't seen him for like years. <laughs> but we know him. We knew Isaac too. And so he just jumped right in, and me and Brittany would like tell them, okay, so this isn't a day camp, you know? And they go, that's fine. Okay, it's a sleepaway camp. You're okay with staying here like every night, every day of this week? They go, yeah, we're cool with that. Like, okay, we're going to do game setup and this and this and this. Like, let's go. Just tell us what to do, and we're going to do it. I'm just like, wow. <laughs> that's just a fizzle physical representation of our walk with Christ. We should be like that. We should be Isaacs and Lukes. Just walk up and be like, just tell me what I'm going to do. I don't know what it is, but we're just going to do it. <laughs> I don't know what you're going to do, God, but I just want to be there for you, and I'm going to stand up, and I'm going to do it. And the kids are just so blessed by these guys, and we're just so, so excited and so grateful because my faith in God grows every single year, every single year. Because even though I was thinking, I was like, God, you want this to happen, but why is this taking so long? Like my dad spoke yesterday about Abraham, I mean, not yesterday, last week, about um, um, Abraham and Sarah and how they were just waiting and waiting and waiting. But that didn't mean that God was unfaithful just because he has us wait a little bit. It's through patience that grows faith as well. Like just being patient and having trust in God. Like, yes, I'm not seeing these results right now, but that doesn't mean that God isn't working. That doesn't mean God isn't making everything work together for the good of those who love him. And we love you, God. And because we love you, we know this is going to happen. And so this theme here and now is all about that. Um, we have our main camp verses, um, which is uh, John 15, 5. And I'll just read those out for you guys really quick. John 15, 5, yes, I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit, for apart from me you can do nothing. And that was the vision I had for this shirt this year um, as we were praying about it and uh, in the beginning stages. I just had this vision of, like, basically what this shirt is, Desiree was able to bring it to life. It was just us standing there holding our hearts and through God, we are able to grow and spread his kingdom and his love throughout wherever we are. Whether that be your work, your school, your city, anywhere. All he needs is a willing heart and a willing vessel. And that's what this shirt represents. And uh, we had some small groups as well, one small group a day, over different Bible characters that we felt really represented being in the here and now. Because um, Stella, my small group, said something that was just super crazy to me. Um, she said, wow, these Bible characters didn't know they were going to be Bible characters when they did these things. This was just their day-to-day -day life. They were just like walking in faith. They didn't know that they were going to be so influential on us thousands of years later. That's another testimony. They were just living day-to-day -day life, going about their lives, being with their families and honoring God. And God found that to be such a good representation of what it means to follow him, that he put it in his living word, that is living and active to where that it is current now, even though it happened back then. And so the first person we talked about was Hannah and how she was just really struggling with um, infertility and she really wanted a son and to bless her husband, Elkanah. And um, she was one of two wives. Peninnah was his second wife. And she was very fruitful. And not only was she fruitful in giving him children, she would tease um, Hannah to the point of tears. Every year they would come to give offering to the Lord. And so Hannah said, Father God, 
if you give me this son, I promise I will raise him in you and I will give him to you. And so even though her biggest want was a child, she loved God more because she's like, when you are faithful, if you grant me this, I will thank you through raising him in you so that he can further the kingdom himself. And I will sacrifice him to you because you mean more to me than my greatest desires. And that's all she had to do. Like she did that in her here and now. And because she did that, Samuel was raised in the Lord. It was an incredible prophet and has moved on to do amazing things. And and next we uh, spoke about the story of Esther, but not just Esther. We spoke about Mordecai, how he was able to stand up to Haman when Haman wanted him to bow. He said, no, I will only bow to my God. I will only bow to God. And though they saw him as obstinate, this obstinate old man, of just being rude and just and not wanting to follow the rules. We see that now that even when you are frail or you can't, or you don't feel you have the strength to do this, or you don't have the influence of the person trying to force you to do something that is against the, against like your beliefs or against what God has called you to do. You standing in God can influence and strengthen others to do the same later on as Mordecai is doing today because the word is living and active and is always current to our lives. And the last thing we spoke about was the widow giving the two talents. That was our last small group um, and how Jesus uh, and the disciples were in the temple and all these rich people were like all dressed really nice and they were all bringing offerings, big offerings, making sure everybody saw these big bags and dropping them in like, look how much I'm giving to the Lord. And on the outside, we think, wow, that is so amazing. And it is, it's great to give. But Jesus didn't point out those people. He pointed out the poor widow who gave two coins. And to us, we could be like, oh, I've only got like a dollar. Surely God can't use a dollar. And she didn't focus on that. She focused on, I'm going to give the last of what I have to the kingdom of God. And I'm going to trust God. I'm going to walk in faith. And I'm probably a little nervous because everybody here knows I am, I'm not the best dressed. I don't have all this money. But I have faith and I'm going to use that to further the kingdom. And I'm going to use that. And I'm going to give that offering. And I'm going to love Jesus. And the disciples were stunned that Jesus said, this woman, though on the outside she gave the least, she gave the most. She gave everything, everything she had. And so it doesn't matter how much we have. It doesn't matter how charismatic you are. It doesn't matter how talkative you are. It doesn't matter how many friends you have. Who you are right now can spread the word of God. It doesn't matter your age. And that's really what this whole camp was about. And we were just so excited that these kids were so willing to come in and so willing to learn. And they just have so many revelations and hearing all of their perspectives is just phenomenal. And how they were walking with us and that they were able to see just how camp could happen and how we're able to pour into them every single week. It's not just us. That's what me and Brittany want them to understand. It is not us. This is all God. All he needs are willing vessels. That's all he needs. He just needs your heart. And so in closing, I'm going to use this here really quick. (laughs) Hopefully it'll roll over. (laughs) But um, this was just the last thing I did. Thank you, Brittany. This was the last message we did. Um, And it was just a little worksheet. 
um, we did four new Bible characters. Well, not new Bible characters, but just outside of the ones that we did for small group. And I wanted the, them to write a little chart. Like, so we have the biblical figure and then the setting slash the verse that they were in and their status of where they were right then and the influence they were able to have despite where they were. And so... Oh, I will. Um, so I'm go just going to share the one of David. I won't share all four because we've got two more leaders who want to speak, <laughs> kids. Um, but uh, so the one with David, it, the reference is 1 Samuel 16, 1 through 13. And this is when Samuel is an adult. He is a prophet at this point. And he is coming to get the next appointed king after Saul. And so he comes to the house of Jesse to because God, God told him, come here, the next appointed king is one of his sons. So he came in, and he saw his oldest son. He's very tall, very strong. On the outside, he looked king material. Samuel goes, surely, surely, this is the one you're talking about. God said, no, this isn't it. Samuel goes, okay, second oldest, second strongest, second biggest. Nope, wasn't him. And he went on and on and on down the line. And God said, none of these are it. But Samuel, still walking in faith, he knew that God said one of the descendants of Jesse would be the next king. So he came up to Jesse. He goes, do you have another son? He goes, oh, yeah, he's just tending the sheep. So what we really pointed out yesterday <laughs> was that they knew that Samuel was coming to, the next, to appoint the next king. And Jesse himself did not see that his son David could have been it. He didn't have him there to be picked. He had him doing his responsibilities while his brothers, one of his brothers, were going to be the next king. He's like, go tend the sheep. And David, I know if I were David, I'd be really hurt about that. I'm like, okay, yes, I'm the youngest. And yes, I'm definitely not the strongest, but I could at least be here to see <laughs> who got picked. I mean, I know I'm probably, it's probably not me. But no, he didn't walk in bitterness. He walked in honoring his father. And he went, and he went to tend those sheep. Even though he knew, uh, even though his father did not think he could be the next appointed king. So he went and he tended those sheep. And so Samuel asked Jesse, is there another son? He goes, yes, there is. He's, he's out there. And he goes, okay, well, we will not sit. We will not eat until you bring this boy to me. We won't do anything. And so Jesse called for David and David came back. He's probably like, what's going on? I was just walking up. But even if he felt that he was unworthy, it's his obedience and his love for the Lord because God said to Samuel, I don't look how you look. I don't look at the outward appearance. I appoint based on the heart. And God knew the heart of David. And it was David. He, on the outside, did not look like his oldest brother. He did not look like a king. But it was the heart Jesus that God was after. And because of how David chose to walk his life is how God was able to use him in a mighty, mighty way. And so because of that, our kids are able to see that even if people have told them, you can't do this, you're not worthy of this, you're not old enough to do this, that that's not for those people to decide. It's for God to decide. And the more we grow and the more we work on our hearts, 
And the closer we get to God, the stronger and more powerful we are, despite what our outside says. And that's what God is telling Samuel. And Samuel chose to walk in him, and David was the next appointed king. He appointed him right then and there. And then we see so many incredible stories of David because he goes and his brothers, his big, strong brothers, the other Israelites, everyone stronger than him, were afraid of Goliath. They're like, no, we can't do this because they were looking at the outside. David knew that on the inside, Goliath was small because he didn't have his faith in God. He had his faith in himself. And God is like millions times bigger than us. And David saw that. David had the eyes. He was a friend of God. He had the eyes that God led Samuel to have. He looked on the inside. He didn't focus on Goliath being over nine feet tall. He goes, because I have God, he is going to be defeated. And he did. And Saul was even like, oh my gosh, I'm going to give you some armor. You cannot do this on your own. There's no way. And he, he like ushered him in this armor. And David, it was too big for him. It was too big. He's like, oh, no, I'm just going to, I can't have this. I'm just going to take this off. I don't need this. And Saul reluctantly still let him go because Saul himself was terrified. They still let this little boy go. He walked out in faith with this sling and five smooth stones and with the power of God. It didn't take him five shots. It took him one. One. And he knocked Goliath to the ground because his faith was in God. And he used that faith, and his heart to do the will of God. And that's all we need to do. And we went through all of these. And again, I can't go through all of them. But actually, I'm feeling I'm supposed to do the last one. So the last one that we went over was the thief on the cross. And we see that um, this was when Jesus was being crucified. And there were two criminals on either side of him. And Jesus is hanging there. They all are. And people are beneath them. They're jeering. They're teasing. They're mocking. They're casting lots. And so the thief on his left is saying, oh, yeah, if you surely are this powerful, then go ahead and save us like you've saved these other people. Go ahead and do all these things. Show us. Prove to us. And the thief on his right said, no. He rebuked him. He said, no, we deserve to be here. We earned our spots on this cross. This man is innocent. This man did nothing wrong. He said, Jesus, please remember me. Remember me. So that thief, he walked in humility. He, re- he walked in repentance. He admitted what he did was wrong. And you know, for us, we think it's by works. We think surely in like this split second as I'm dying, and this is the last chance I have, it's too late for me now. And we decide by our own measure that it is impossible. There's no way. I'm too far gone. There's no way that Jesus will save me. I did this to myself. But that thief, he rebuked the other one and said, we deserve what we have. And because he said that, and he told Jesus to remember him, Jesus said the most powerful thing. Before that, he already said, forgive them for they know not what they do. And then he said, you will be with me in paradise. So we, I, wanted this, I wanted to close with this, and I'll close with this now. It doesn't matter where you are, what you've done, who you've been in contact with. It doesn't matter how you look on the outside, how you've lived your life thus far. 
it can take a split second to have the heart that God needs in order to use you. That is all it takes. And the thief on the cross proved that. David proved that. The child with the five loaves and two fish, if nobody can see the third one, proved that. And Jesus himself and his whole walk proved that. So don't let your own expectations and your own checklist stop you from living out the will of God. Don't let your mind and our, the way we judge people on the outside determine how powerful you are. Because we are powerful simply because we walk in God and we love God. Because God connects with our hearts and all he needs is a willing heart. And it is incredible what he can do. All it took was a little boy to offer the five loaves and two fish. I'm sure there were people around him that were like, no, what are you, are you kidding me? Don't offer that. You're going to look silly. Don't do that. And he's like, no, Jesus asked if there was any food. I've got food. Here you go. Is that not what he asked? And he gave it, this little child, not the rich people, not the adults, not the elders, not the wisest of the 5,000. It was a little boy. And it was his faith that led to Jesus being able to feed the 5,000. The disciples said, send them home. They haven't eaten in two days. Send them to the villages. Let them eat. Jesus goes, no, no, no. You feed them. Go, with what? We only have five loaves and two fish by this little boy. And Jesus took that and multiplied it because that little boy's heart was willing to serve. And that's all God needs. So before I get carried away too far, I will go ahead and let Brittany share what she shared with our kids this week. But this is just incredible, and they are incredible. You guys know me. i got to come prepared. Anyway, since I'm already weepy, we'll go ahead and take a minute. I know. I'm going to try. I'm going to try. Um, but part of the um, here and now that we really um, wanted to focus on was showing the kids what they could do. So I think we have the picture up here that we went on Thursday. We went to Our Daily Bread. Um, our kids were shopping helpers. Um, it was really, really fun to see some of our more quiet kids get out of their shells. I really wish that we had um, Avery here to kind of share um, some of what she said, but she was really able to minister to a young girl named Lyric, and it was, you know, it's our daily bread. I shouldn't be crying. Just give me like two seconds. But anyways... Um, the hearts that our kids have to serve is just absolutely amazing. I mean, they were just so willing, and they were so excited to just be able to share about camp. They were talking about God. They were talking about their relationship with God. And they were just really taking advantage of a moment. You know, we were only there for an hour and a half, but we were able to help 12 different families. And it was just such an exciting experience, and everybody was so grateful, and you know, the families that we helped, we were able to, to minister to them and just bless them and talk about church and about camp and everything. And, you know, we also talked about relationship because that was one of our big themes this year with the here and now. It's just appreciating the people that are around you and how to be more intentional with the people that God has entrusted you with. 
Um, I mean, Dominic and I learned so much about that with camp. I mean, we had a group of people come in at like seven in the morning to come set all these chairs back up for us. We had uh, Mr. Hahn come in and he helped us um, make some hot pots for the kids. You know, we had so many, you see everybody wearing these different t-shirts. Oh, yep, there's our hot pot. <laughs> I think that was the spicy hot pot. It was really good. Um, the mushroom hot pot was also pretty good. Um, but we just had so many willing hearts. And when we started camp, like Dominic said, we were just really, really praying that we would have a lot of people with willing hearts. And our phrase just became, you know what? We will make the plan and God will bring the people. And that was just over and over and over again. We just kept saying that. And we asked for two guy leaders. One showed up. We stopped praying. We were like, you know what? One's good enough. Thanks, God. <laughs> and, uh, and then um, right before camp, we had somebody else that was willing to jump in. And like Didi said, we were waiting for the other shoe to drop. We were like, when is it going to be too much? We're like, you don't get paid. They were like, okay. We're like, um, you're going to have to stay up late with a lot of kids. Okay. Um, and so Dominic and I just have really, really been praying about intentional relationship and vulnerability, which is part of the reason why we shared this journey with the kids, because we just wanted to be very open with them. We're like, this is the process. I never want them to think that just because I have a microphone that I'm perfect. It's all about the way that Jesus works and the way that Jesus is able to work through us. So we talked about relationship and loving ourselves well um, and speaking truth because God says to love your neighbor as yourself. So if you're not loving yourself well, how can you love your neighbor well? If you're not walking in truth and you're not forming your thoughts to the, the, the truth that Jesus has for us in his word, how are you going to be able to love your neighbor in truth? So... We talked a lot about that. Um, we talked more about um, how to control your emotions and your thoughts and, and how to be intentional when you're reading the word. You know, and each one of these kids just had such great insight. Like Dominique said, we had three small groups. We had two digging deeper sessions. Then we had three evening sessions. And it was just incredible how how hungry these kids are. You know, they... They were ready for fun, but they also came ready for God. And it was just such a blessing to be able to see and be able to experience. And um, we did um, a little uh, vulnerability session. I don't really know how to say it, but we had these cards that had questions on it that you were supposed to answer in your group. And I gave each group like 15 minutes. I was like, okay, guys, you just go over these for 15 minutes. And then we were supposed to swap. So everybody was supposed to have three different sets of cards. I called the 15 minutes, and everyone was like, no, 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 we're not done, please, we need more time, because they just, they just were really wanting to get to know each other, they wanted to be able to, to have relationships centered around God, centered around Jesus, and centered around his word, and I'm just so blessed to have these amazing, amazing kids with us, even the ones that weren't able to make it, or were um, otherwise occupied, you know, it was just so amazing to have the ones that we did. And now I'm going to ask um, anybody who would like to come up, if Luke wants to come up or if any of the kids want to come up.
Yeah, so I just want to say um, this was such a blessing for me to be able to be a part of, um, getting to be with the boys and just seeing how intentional they are with their faith. Um, it really pushed me, um, made me think about like how ways in my faith I've been stagnant and just being with them and how intentional they've been. Um, it's just been an amazing thing. Um, and I'm really proud of it, proud of them. Um, yeah. And this has just been such a blessing to me. Um, and thank you guys for putting this on Brittany and Dee. Thank you guys so much. Um, you guys made me think about Bible stories that I learned about when I was their age. Um, and you guys brought them to life in ways that I had never thought about before. Um, and, you know, you're never too old to keep learning about stuff. Um, and when you think you know everything, you need to think about that. <laughs> so, yeah. But you can always look at the same story and keep learning from it over and over. So, thank you guys so much. Oh, all right. We already got a hand up. Testing, testing, one, two, three. Are we good? All righty. Well, I just, I just wanted to talk about how it was very physically taxing, I must say. The, I was like, oh, yeah, I'm fit. And then literally in the first three hours, we were sprinting constantly. And the first day, I was unable to get out of bed. So I was like, whew, it's going to be a long week. And... Then, right as I almost got through being sore, proceeded to swim for five hours in a row. And yeah, that was a lot. Um, it had been almost a year since I had last been swimming, so I'm, I was surprised I could still swim. And I was, I was so happy we got to do this, and I was just thinking over it. The leaders did everything we did. They, they got less sleep than we did. They, got, they did more exercise. And they did this. They were working since March to do all this stuff. So they've done ten times as much work than us. And still had time to be intentional and have relationship with us. And if you think about it, they had to sprint and do swim. And have ten teenagers with no sleep for five days and Luke so that's a lot I must say that's have you seen Luke guys like but I just wanted to give them a round of applause because they did so much work And, of course, I don't want to take everything away from the other people because they have to speak, too. I'm, I'm not letting them go without it. So whoever wants to go next, Brittany, you want to take the microphone? And then, and then eye them until they get up? Yes. <laughs> oh, Desiree. Come on, Desi. <laughs> oh. 
Sorry. I That's about all the running I have left in me. <laughs> well, this GT was really awesome. I did learn that um, though I love uh, serving at Daily Bread, I got very emotionally drained. I'm not an extrovert. And so I had to learn on like really depending on having the good time, being in the being in the now and not just being like, oh, well, I'm tired, so I'm just going to lay in the room the whole day. Like being out and being with my friends and they had grace on me when I was like, guys, another round to kill ball. Can't we play freaking Monopoly or something? <laughs> this one wanted to play Scatterball the whole time. And I was like, that requires throwing and running. And that's my limit right there. <laughs> but I had an amazing time and our small groups were so much fun and I got to learn so much more about Stella and Emma and Sophie before she had to go. That made me so sad. But um we got to play <laughs> we got to play some games. We got to play Demogorgon. Uh Lucas terrifying in the dark. <laughs> Especially when he's sprinting after you. I'm surprised I still have my voice because I was like, look away. And I'm like running through the sanctuary. <laughs> and um, it was just it was just such a great experience. And going to Daily Bread and really coming out of my shell, being able to talk to, I think, three or four different families and um, this mother and daughter that they came in and we're talking. And I made some comment about how much they looked alike. And then she goes, oh, we're not mother and daughter, by the way. And Evan and I look over because we're like, well, well, then you're not a household of two. Like, what are we going to do? And so then they just bust out laughing. They're like, we're just kidding. Oh, my God. <laughs> and so then we keep talking and we walk by the chip aisle. And I was like, oh, do you guys want some pork rinds? And she goes, well, I don't have my top teeth and my mom doesn't have any, so I'm not going to suck on them. <laughs> and I was just like, I'm so sorry. <laughs> oh, I was like, oh, no. And so they're just doubling over in laughter as I'm like dead. Because I like, how did I offer them pork rinds? But um, <laughs> they didn't seem to be too offended. Uh, so that was probably the most memorable of, that, of those encounters. So I definitely want to do it again. It was so much fun. But yeah. All right, I think they're talked out. They're all pretty pooped. Um, but the last thing that I wanted to share, um, let me see. Stella, would you mind bringing me your Bible really quick? Thank you. Something else that I wanted to share and something that we've been talking about um, that um, I just wanted to say a quick thank you to the elders for just because of the time and effort that they put into um, helping us make this happen was we've been talking about how God's word is unique 
to you. It is unique to you as an individual. There are, are verses in there, and God made it specifically for each and every one of us. And so the elders helped us with, um, with picking out these. Um, this is not the only one we have. It's probably kind of hard to see. But we got each of the kids um, different Bibles. They all have different covers. And every one of them has their names engraved on it. And um, it was just such a blessing to be able to see how much it meant to them. And so I just wanted to give the elders just a big round of applause for helping us with that. And yeah, so I think that uh, before I cry again, I'm going to pass the microphone back to my dad. Wow. Uh, I think we just ought to just give God a hand praise for what he has done this week. Just <clears throat> and uh, I am just, I'm just so proud. So proud of, uh, of, our, of our leaders and our young people. Aren't you guys? Just hearing We are, they put a lot of pressure on me for the future, and they finished with like 20 minutes to spare. I'm going to have to talk about that. But um, <clears throat> I felt like uh, the Lord really led uh, me to um, have communion, uh, this church family today, and as you can see. And um, before I, I, I get into it, the, the scripture verses and everything, I'm going to ask um, uh, each of you, we're going to do things a little bit differently. We're not going to hand the uh, elements out to you. We're going to uh, ask you to come. And I know these are not y'all's favorites. I know y'all are willing to suffer for the Lord. <laughs> uh, these are not your favorite. But uh, when you come, these are on top of another little cup that actually has a little cracker in it that is more edible, all right? <laughs> so, so when you come up, you want to take two little cap, two of these little uh, containers, unless you prefer the plastic tasting ones on the top, Okay. So we're going to do by section is I'm just going to have, Christy, if you will start, I'll have this section begin to come up. Grab one and take it to your seat. Make sure you grab the, both of them. There we go. Here. 
Make sure you grab both to get yep. the one underneath it as well. Yeah. Yes, go ahead. Have the middle section. You guys come on. Starting with Teresa there. Make sure y'all grab. Oh, some people have already missed. Well, I guess. Make sure. You gonna do that one, Jim? Okay. Yeah, make sure you grab the bottom one along with the top one. Sure. If it take one for him as well. <coughs> Yeah, if you don't mind. All right. Um, Paula got you one. Okay. If I can get you all to start taking from this one so I can call the next section. Oh. <laughs> yes, ma'am. <laughs> all right. This section, starting with the front here. What we're about to partake in is um, one of the most uh, precious and sacred. Okay. Because what we're doing here is in obedience to what our Lord and Savior Jesus said during the Last Supper that he enjoyed with his disciples. There's five simple but profound words. Do this in remembrance of me. Six profound words. Do this in remembrance of me. So what we're about to partake in is not to be done lightly. We're doing this to remember. 
what we were before Christ, who we are now in him. We have relationship with our God. We've been reconciled to our God because the sin penalty that was on our heads, our precious Lord and Savior came and he served that penalty on our behalf. And because he did, we're no longer sinners who are destined for for damnation. We are now children of God Sons and daughters of the Most High God who loves us and gave his only begotten son for us, who has written our names in the Lamb's book of life, whom whom we shall be with forever. When our days on this earth are done, we will spend eternity with our creator and the one who loves us beyond measure. Amen? And And as much as we are excited to see that day, to see Christ on that day, right now, in the here and now, we need to remember, even before that day happens, what made that day possible. It's what our God did in giving his only begotten son and his obedient son. it was not good enough it was not acceptable to him to be separated from us and he wasn't going to let sin or the devil's evil scheme have its way they can't do it they're in bondage to sin I'll do it on their behalf Lord Jesus we remember We didn't walk this earth when you did. We're reading the Bible stories. We're reading the Gospels. We didn't see you face to face. We didn't observe everything that the disciples did. We didn't didn't observe everything that the early church observed you do. However, we know your word to be true. We didn't know you then, but we know you now. And you've made yourself real to us. We know beyond a shadow of a doubt that Jesus Christ is the only begotten Son of God. We know without a shadow of a doubt that Jesus is God come in the flesh, fully God, fully man. And we know beyond a shadow of a doubt that he was the Lamb of God that came to take away the sin of the world. And we don't have to, like Doubting Thomas, we, we don't have to touch the flesh. We don't have to see the pierced hands and, 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 and feet in order to know that Jesus is Lord, that Jesus is Savior, that Jesus not only died for our sins, but he rose again on the third day, proving himself to be the Son of God whom he proclaimed to be.
And I just thank you, Lord Jesus. No man took your life. You gave it. You gave it to save us. And we remember. We remember. 1 Corinthians. We will now participate in the partaking of the communion. As I read from the scripture in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, which says, For I received from the Lord what I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Let us partake. In the same way, also, he took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Let us drink the cup. For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. I just, I don't want to overdo it, but I just want to emphasize this is a solemn, sacred ceremony and that we are remembering that salvation is, though free to us, it did cost. And it's important that we remember the tremendous cost that was paid for this wonderful relationship we have with God and this salvation that we enjoy and, and, and the eternity that we shall rejoice in in the presence of our Lord and Savior. Amen? So we are going to be uh, doing this every other month. Um, so this being uh, the end of June, we'll do this again end of August. <laughs> and uh, we'll be regular on that schedule uh, because it's important that uh, we keep ourselves in remembrance of what it all means, what it's all for, what it's all about. And um, let this time when we do it be a time of self-examination, a time of, I didn't say self-condemnation, but, 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 but examination. Uh, the things that were shared from the from the leaders and from the youth, a couple of the youth that shared, uh, it really blessed my heart. Um, looking at those Bible study, uh, those Bible stories, characters, people who didn't know they'd end up in Scripture, they were just walking things out with God, right? Their here and now, thousands of years ago, is still relevant for our here and now today. The same God they walked with, we have a chance to walk with in faith, in trust, and uh, we have the added blessing of knowing that we're in the new covenant. We have the added, you know, we, we, we know that the Redeemer has come and paid for our sins and rose again. Amen? 
And now we're, so, so, so that salvation is even closer now than it's ever been. And so we have reason to rejoice. And so when we have these, we can examine whether our eyes are on Jesus, whether our focus is on what God wants our focus to be on, whether we're really fully trusting in him. And if we need to course correct, we humble ourselves before God and course correct. But, 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 but let's do the business with God that we need to do whenever we're doing communion. And I will finish with the closing prayer after reading this uh, scripture from Romans 12. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers and sisters, by the mercy of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Join me in a a final word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for your Son, Christ Jesus, whose body was beaten and broken for us, Lord, who was pierced, who shed blood and, and died a gruesome death on a cross. And yet the word of God says it was for the joy that was set before him that he endured the cross, despising its shame. So he endured the pain, he endured the shame, he endured the heartbreak, he endured it all for the joy that was set before him. And Lord, it humbles me that we are that joy. A reconciled relationship with us was the joy that he was able to see. He was able to look beyond the shame, beyond the pain of that moment, beyond the mocking, the scorn. He looked beyond it to the here and now and beyond. And I just thank you that we're the treasure of his heart. We're the joy that inspired him to go to the cross. We're the joy that caused him to endure that which he himself did not deserve. So we remember. We remember your goodness. We remember your love. We remember your faithfulness. Father, I just pray that you would that you would convict us if we ever stray away from remembering, if we ever get to a point where we take for granted this wonderful grace that we are the beneficiaries of, the, the salvation that we have by grace through faith. Convict us, Lord. Lead us to repentance. Let us not be conformed to this world, but to be transformed by the renewing of our minds. And let it all be done for your glory and exaltation. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord.
Praise the Lord. I want to thank you all for, for, for coming out today and just joining in this wonderful uh, service. And, um, and I would encourage you, if the Lord has given you a word of, uh, a word of encouragement, a word of wisdom, or just uh, if he's given you something to share with the, the camp leaders or any of the youth, uh, please do that. Just obey God in that. Um, I still believe that despite the fact that camp is officially over, God's not done, right? And, and there may still be something for one or all of them that, that they can get a blessing from the body in some way that, uh, you know, that will help launch them forward uh, in these next coming post-camp days. So, so take nothing for granted. Don't dismiss it. If a thought has crossed your mind, just trust that God put it there. Go with it. And, hey, if it causes a mess, we'll clean it up later. All right? But, 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 but let's endeavor to obey God with it. Amen? Love you guys. God bless you. Uh, Lord bless you this week.